Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, the movie film, film movie. I just had to do it like Carl typically does it. Now we can do a real one. (laughs) (laughs) Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut, drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut. Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks, and come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks. Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, the film appreciation podcast that plays favorites. I'm Max Peterson, joined by very special guest, John Scheibe. John, say hello so people know what you sound like. Hello, this is what I sound like. Thank you so much for having me on. Don't put your fake voice on, it's usually six <laughs> octaves lower and it's got that Marlboro man. Oh uh, yeah, sorry, I'm spo- I forgot I'm supposed to be channeling Carl on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Um, yeah, Carl is as always d- d- insanely busy, but we are channeling him today with our choice of podcast cocktail. We are drinking several fingers of Hartley's brandy in a tall glass in a hot room. Here's, here's to you, Carl, you're Cheers. here with us in spirit. Mmm, gonna be a rough one. Oh. <coughs> All right. Um, so for those of you who don't know, now the listeners can watch both of these, right? Yes, They're they both are. up on Vimeo. Yes, and you can go through the links on your website. Yes, either my website, um, or the studio's website. Okay, what's the uh? So you, I I I think I went through the yonder. It's the yonder dot studio, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you can do the yonder dot studio or yonder films. Yonderfilms.com. Either one will get you there. Okay. Um, I did notice I, I um, for the second movie that we're going to be talking about today, The Iron Town. If you click the link on the Yonder, the Yonder dot studio, mm-hmm. it takes you to the trailer for Iron Town rather than the full film. But I was just able to Google the Iron Town documentary, and the top result is oh, the full film. Interesting. The trailer's rad, but the movie's amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to make notes on the side. I, like, I have a broken link on my side. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you do have a broken link, and there was one typo that I noticed, but that's not oh, why we're shoot. here, John. Okay. <laughs> no, um, so, yeah, part of the reason we're here is this fucking massive list of awards and nominations that I have in front of me. Oh, you have a list? <laughs> I Yeah, well, I, print, I just printed out, the, like, the, the the pertinence for oh, perhaps okay. we wrong them because I couldn't keep them all in my head. I was like, oh, I'll just remember these. And then there was like fucking like 17. I was like, oh, oh, maybe I print this. <laughs> yes, it's becoming extensive and uh, I'm not complaining about it, but it is hard to keep track of. Yeah, no, I was like, I'm going to grill him. I'll be like, so John, tell us which ones it won. No oh. looking. Oh, let me cover this up. Um, but yeah, I, I said it on another podcast recently. I'd been scrolling. Th- I, I'm usually not on Instagram these days just for my own mental health. But once a week, I'll pop on there um, and see what everyone's up to, check my messages, all that stuff. Because some people keep in touch with me exclusively that way. Mm. And I saw that there was like this new, um, there was like your your story for Yonder Studio was massive with like sh- shitloads of posts. I'm like, oh, John's up to something. Let's see what it is. And then it was just like the endless scroll of this short film that you did. Perhaps we wrong them. And it was like, oh, uh, official selection for nominated for. Uh, and then you won some awards at the uh, Independent Shorts Independent Shorts Award Film Festival in 22. They like a bunch. You got a, a, several of them from there. And I'm like, yeah. damn, John's cleaning up. Holy shit. Cool. Let me take a sip of this coffee. And then the next one comes up. <laughs> and it's official selection. Cannes Short Films 2023. And then I did a comical spit take. Burned bird horribly. And now we're getting divorced. So oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for that. No, um, I see you kept the dogs. <laughs> dude, I can't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't keep the dogs. I was forced to take the dogs. Oh, she okay. got everything else. <laughs> I see. <laughs> um, no, they're little darlings. But dude, like, come on. Okay. 
can nomination. Yeah. Holy shit! What 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 was how big was your spit take? Oh man, <laughs> I just... rec- I <laughs> so um I <laughs> the the episode that you that you're referencing was was one of the Patreon exclusive episodes. I think it was. I've done two of them now. Then uh, by the time this goes up, I'll mm-hmm. have given everyone the details on uh, the episode we did on Drive. But the Got first it. time, the when I had just found out about yeah. it was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two yes, over yeah. on Patreon.com. So I so listening to that episode, um, like nothing that anybody said in that episode about like the accomplishments or awards or anything was technically incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how much did we? get wrong (laughs) no um like it's when like the can nomination is the the short film like version of can is not the festival to can okay okay slightly different thing however it is still a a prestigious short film festival in can but i just want to like clarify that so it's it's not not, so it's a short film festival that's in can it's not that when i'm thinking of the can film festival are there they're unaffiliated with each other um i or tangentially affiliated i feel like they're like spiritually linked because they're just like they're so similar. Um, gotcha. In, in I mean, how ways. many massive film festivals can there possibly be in Cannes? Kind yeah, of thing? yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay. Like, I don't know the details, but I do. I don't think they're like directly linked. I think they are. I think they are separate entities. Well, <laughs> dude. Either way, just like honestly, in the in the world of shooting things and putting them out in the world, uh-huh. just to have the name of that place next to your <laughs> fucking your project is just. It's very cool. I haven't lost. Yeah, I've lost <laughs> literally not one iota of like that weird like jittery butter. I think my head's going to explode feeling mm-hmm. so yeah I recorded I recorded a video um, like I got when the email came in that was like oh you know congrats um, I like before I even opened the email just reading the headline I like set my phone down and like recorded like a selfie right. video of me like scrolling through the email I was just like tears pouring down my face <laughs> <laughs> and then dude it, nothing <laughs> like weeping that's that's a lot of likes typically yeah 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 no it was a powerful moment it was really cool throw um, some zimmer behind that you've got yourself <laughs> you've got yourself a highlight for sure yeah um yeah okay so p- part of what we're here to talk about today is that but also and the the iron town fewer nominations yeah. no um hoity-toity french ones but um <laughs> but uh, there was one festival that it did with uh, the yeah. fresh coast festival yeah fresh coast film festival it's <laughs> a um it's a local festival for me and marquette okay um yeah so it was just official selection for that i also didn't push the iron town like quite as heavily as i did for uh perhaps me wrong them um the iron town i mean it, there aren't many festivals that do um like i mean there's a lot of documentary film festivals but um like uh, from a production like standpoint and like funding and different things like that it was like it made sense to make that especially because it's such a local story like it's a story chiefly about nagani and like yeah um, downtown development and different things like that so it's it's a story that like really only felt like it was being done justice in like up festivals so that's kind of where the majority of the effort went for that okay yeah i mean i not we have we have international reach so i will um (laughs) i'm I'm definitely going to push that one partly because i'm pretty close i'm tied very tied to nagani yes but we'll get to that in a second mm-hmm. i did this i wasn't sure how to approach this at first so i'm like i'll watch the i'll watch both of them back to back and maybe i'll come up with like some interview questions and we'll just chat but no we're doing a fucking measuring flicks on mm. this this movie is amazing this short is amazing it's a movie we're gonna go jim jarmusch rules it doesn't <laughs> matter if it's four minutes and change or if it's five hours and change yeah it's a, you made a film and you presented it and I I said it on your way in I've ne- I don't think I've ever taken a page and a half of notes for a four minute film before, 
this was pretty amazing. So t- today we're talking about uh, 2022's Perhaps We Wrong Them, directed by John Scheibe. Um, I want to run through this entire cast list. Yeah, please do. Uh, Karina Johnson, Han Newman, if I screw any of these up, let me know. Mm. Um, Tegan Sturmer, Shane Vincent, Alan, <laughs> <laughs> you knew I had to. The, I, as soon as I saw his face, he's like the first person you see, I was like, ah, starring Shane Vincent. Excellent, <laughs> solid casting, excellent choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan McAnulty? McEn- I believe so. All right, all right. Susan Essler, Keith Ellis, Madeline Goodman, and uh, Devin Edmondson. Mm-hmm. First thing we see, Shane Vincent's face. Shane and I go back for sure. <laughs> I murdered him in a living room with a hammer once. Mm. It was a grand old time. Um, how did you How did you cast this? I'm I'm particularly interested, obviously, in the casting of Karina Johnson. Mm-hmm. She's exceptional. She's yes. electrifying. Yes, but. Everyone's pretty fucking solid in yeah. this. So did you do a casting call or are these just people you know? Uh, such Shane aside. Yeah, yeah. So um, the casting process for this was really strange because it was sort of like this is definitely like indie filmmaking at its finest. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, the, the first person on board with the project was actually the choreographer, um, Riley Field. Riley right. Fields. Um, and then after her was Karina. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I have more. Let me do Let me do the, the crew list as oh, well. Yeah, sorry. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I typically just read my little cast, but I forgot. Yeah, so we have the, uh, uh, you directed, uh, Karina Johnson is the, she's as the performance artist. Mm-hmm. She does all the dance stuff. Yep. Um, choreographer Riley Owen, cinematography and editing, also you, production manager Casey Scheibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did talk to her on the phone earlier today and she's like, oh, you're going to interview him. I'm like, yeah, perhaps wrong. And she's like, I was production manager on that. I was like, righteous. And she goes, no, I was production <laughs> manager on that. And I was like. Oh, okay. And then she, yeah, she ran me through it, and it sounds like it sounds like this shoot was like this was this was big. This was a this was a fucking project. It was it was. I'm glad it came together. Yeah, <laughs> that speaks volumes. Um, lighting supervisor Shana Barrel. Okay, Barry. Barry. Sorry, Shana Barry. Shana Barry. Okay, There's, silent L. I like that. Um, we got to talk about the lighting. Holy yeah. shit is this well lit. Uh, key grip, Carl Morrison, lead gaffer, Mike Shellafo. Shellafo, data specialist. All right, run me through what a data specialist is. And this mm-hmm. is Nels Linquist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how, what's, what, what, what is this? This is like technical back end stuff, like. Yeah, so essentially what I had was just like a ragtag group of people that I just reached out to almost last minute for the for the most part, like Casey included. <laughs> like, please help me. Like, I'm so overwhelmed. I need people to help me with this project. <laughs> it's gone way over my head and I can't co- possibly like pull this film up <laughs> without extra people. Sure. So I just invited like as many people as possible. And then I just sort of like they gravitated towards uh, certain roles. Um, Shayna Barry was a specific ask specifically for lighting. Um, she's sort of like, yeah, the, I believe she's listed as the supervisor she is how did you yeah. how do you what else has she done that we could maybe point people to because if she, if this is an example of how she lights stuff then everything <laughs> must be gorgeous this is amazing oh we have an intruder she's gorgeous though so it's fine we'll just let it roll um <laughs> and then while while the dogs are freaking out uh we've got music by martin land mm-hmm. the the keys is this is an original composition for the film it is not no Interesting. <laughs> or did you license some music, or yeah. was this a pre-existing piece? It's it, it's pre-existing. Um, it is. So actually, um, 
The music was the very first thing that spurred this pro this project. I heard the music before the idea was even a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, the music came first, and I think it usually surprises people to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, the fact that it all spun out from the keys because yeah. they so perfectly fit the rest of the project. That's you built it all around the tune. All around the tune, like we had we had the music like months in advance of the shoot. Okay. And um, we like all of our choreography rehearsals were done with that playing in the background. And like, it was all very tightly choreographed that this project. <laughs> Dude, um, see, I would have, I would have guessed that you did shot to something else or shot to this piece and then cut to it as well. Cause there's moments where like the footfall will land on a chord or like the, mm -hmm. it's the fact that you shot to this is amazing. Yeah, so like that's that's part of like the help me everybody. I can't possibly, <laughs> I can't do this by myself because there were just so many moving parts. Sure. But like when it when it came to the dance and when it came to, um, like marrying the dance with the visuals, like that it was so tight. Like I can like, um, the core team. I, I say the core team like myself, uh, Riley, who I believe I said Riley Field earlier. I do apologize. I do apologize. It is Riley Owen. Riley Owen, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Karina Johnson. Like the three of us together, um, were like, I think we were on the project like two or three months and then most everybody else was pulled in at the last minute so we were working on this for quite a bit just the three of us gotcha so this that whole time is that is that just like dance re like rehearsing working on choreography and i will i'll get into specifics yeah. of the choreography as we go because <laughs> yeah. a lot of it seems to be profoundly meaningful and mm -hmm. works really beautifully with the camera work you shot all this as well right yes camera on my shoulder yeah <laughs> is it all handheld or is there any stick shooting um most of it looks handheld to me yeah so i th there um there are so there are specific shots mostly in the cafe that mm -hmm. are or in the opening scenes in the cafe are mostly on sticks um but and i think one or two shots in the school is on stick as well but the rest of it's all handheld yeah. gotcha yeah the 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 choice to do handheld and the the framing the angles that you're using and how that interplays with the choreography especially when we're in the gymnasium slash lunchroom yeah. it this tells a visual <laughs> we, we talk about it on the show all the time it's where it's like there's a you can either just like shoot a thing and present it and people are watching like an event happen or you can take the time to figure out how to shoot a thing so that the way that it's shot reinforces the subject matter that you're watching and that tends to differentiate like a flick from a film or like mm. in a lot of in a lot of cases like a, a cinematic masterpiece or a cinematic like masterwork or masterclass kind of flick from just like a, a b-movie and we look we love b-movies on yeah. here too but there's <laughs> something about we just did drive i know you haven't seen it but like yeah. that's a movie where the camera work the attention to costuming i want to get into costuming i want to know how like okay so let's in fact let's do that let's <laughs> let's dive right into costuming because in this we get a couple of like establishing shots of the coffee shop and mm. is the is the coffee shop campfire coffee it is not no no damn okay well when i when i watched iron town i saw campfire coffee and i was like look at that that looks like the set where where is the uh, the cafe the entire all of the cafe scenes are shot inside of um bodega marquette which is right on Third Street, downtown Marquette. I've never been. I've been out of town for a while. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, no, and I was really lucky to have that location. Um, 
it was it's it sort of all came together like last minute like we had the school locked like first and, and then really quick uh, which mm. school is that is that an actually like abandoned school or did you set dress it yeah okay so there is a little okay so i can talk about everything except the school on mic okay <laughs> except the school no worries like i can i can talk about everything that we did in there but the location needs to remain confidential. that's totally fine oh can yeah. can you tell me if it's active or if it's an abandoned set that is a great question to a larger conversation that i would love to to have about how the, the intention behind the, all the behind the scenes stuff for the project, including okay. whether or not we were going to shoot this in an active school. Um, the school is inactive and has been abandoned since the 70s. Okay. And that right. was intentional. Um, I haven't seen any of the behind the scenes stuff. I do yeah. see that you have a behind the scenes videography person um, credited, Logan yes. Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Is that available anywhere for people to see yet, or is that coming? Yeah, so this was actually something, it's it's sort of like a, even even right now as we're sitting here recording, it's sort of like an ongoing um, back and forth of whether or not I actually want to put something out for it. Um, I, like when the film first came out, um, I was just sort of like riding the high for a while, and I just let the film exist, and I was going to be like, oh, I'll, I'll approach it behind the scenes, compilation, I'll, you know, I, we shot like a lot of behind the scenes stuff, Sure. Um, and I wanted to put something together, and I think I was, I, I put out on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, like, oh, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to record a YouTube video about this, about the whole breakdown, I was going to make it like this big, like 20 minute long thing, mm -hmm. and I was at, like, oh, give me your questions, a Q&A, and then the very, and then that was also the same day that I found out that the film was in Cannes and then the next day was the MSU shooting and so it suddenly became like it was right yeah so it became um I'm not sure if I want to put behind the scenes out for this okay um it's a pretty mammoth task because it's a big thing but like um I had stuff like a whole bunch of stuff recorded that I wanted like I, I want to talk about like filmmaking and all the and all of that stuff is so exciting and I love behind the scenes sure. I'm not sure if that's the right move for this project I just think I would rather let the film exist as it is and let it speak for itself yeah I don't okay. I, I think I think that's the better move and so is is there are there things in the behind the scenes or so the the thing that put the kibosh on getting the full story behind this was the MSU shooting or is it just what what it what changed? What changed between what a what a titanic task this was? Oh my god, it's amazing! Oh my god, it's been nominated. We mm -hmm. have here's the story of how it came together. Yeah, what changed with that event that it, made you second guess it? Well, um, although subtle, the 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 story, the trauma behind this film is a school shooting, which may be surprising for some people to hear because it's incredibly subtle sure. but i don't i don't want to disservice like the reality of like it, I, and i will say it's a fictional like school shooting event sure. that it's based off of, of okay. course so that's what informed the like yes. the, the decisions made in the production of this yeah all right i wouldn't have guessed i wouldn't have guessed that but i i only saw I, okay i watched it like four or five times but <laughs> i didn't i i i drew my own conclusions and now i'm positive a lot of them are wrong and i can't wait for you to tell me um yeah. but yeah no okay so so fair it, enough it, definitely it, yeah so and you know people um whether or not like is it so subtle that it really doesn't matter like are those outside opinions, I, I'm like, it would, I think it's important to just like, I don't know. Like this is, this is the, like, 
to lie. I don't know. Like, it's I see. not it's not obvious. Sure. But I want like I know that the story is based off of this. Right. And like we put out um, when we released the film, we gave a content warning. Mm-hmm. And in the content warning, like you can you can tailor the content warning to um, to how much you want spoiled for you. And sure. in the most spoilery version, um, it does address the fact that it's based said on straight that. up. Yeah, it says straight okay. up. So um, like I want to be. I want to be respectful of of those traumas and the and and um and the reality of those events, but I also don't want to um like disservice. Yeah, hearing you explain it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, like uh, there was there was a lot of in a lot of choices, like way before we even started rolling, um like with the school and all these different things, um that were done out of out of respect for the the reality behind like this fictional story. Sure, like, there are truths in this yeah and um it's it's difficult to address and should i even be addressing it is is a is a huge question it's one that i'm still struggling with like i don't know if i i love this film i also kind of hate it like i don't like that it it exists now i i i like what i've done the creativity is all there sure is was it the right move like it's it's a it's a big question that i'm constantly wrestling would you have would you have second guessed it at all before because i i think this is not the first movie to deal with this subject matter. There's The Dirties. Mm-hmm. There's Elephant by Gus Van Sant. Yeah. Um, would you have... Did you have any of this conflict before the recent MSU shooting? And we don't have to linger on this forever. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I totally respect... <laughs> I totally... I respect your, the, your decision to... Or the fact that you're wrestling with putting out any of this behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. Let, I think letting the film stand on its own merits rather than putting out something that could generate that could draw attention away from what it does artistically by mm-hmm. just generating controversy or like yeah. like waves from a headline. Yeah. Um yeah, there there, <coughs> there it was it's been a conflicting yeah, all from, the way from, through from day 1 of um of you know deciding that hey or when the when the inception of the idea first came around sure. like from that moment it's been a question of whether or not this is a good film to make. Um yeah, and I, I really I don't have an answer to that. I don't. But, that's fine. No, um, no, no. That's fine. I I think that well, one the conflict and the the powerful emotions that underlie the piece come through. I don't think yeah. it would be as powerful if if there weren't things that were being struggled with in it. Yeah, it's honest. It's very honest, especially. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into why, but like the the thought and care that went into every aspect of this from costuming to choreography to how the choreography is interacting with um camera work for example there's a bit of framing that you do near the end where um uh, johnson comes up off the floor and raises her hands as though to as though she's like in supplication to the sky or whatever upwards and the way that you frame it it's mostly empty space just floor Mm -hmm. and all that's visible is her arms and head and the way that that's framed i'll get into specifically why i love that but my god that's such a that's such a genius bit of framing and so unexpected for that climactic moment of the dance. It's the last time we see her before we're back in the, the cafe mm-hmm. and you're expecting one of those like, not glamour shots, but one of those like moments of glory, like the hallway with the, the double windows lighting and creating that cool lighting angel wing effect behind her or mm-hmm. that um, that like showpiece that I think is the... It might be the thumbnail for the film where she's in that like strong triangle pose backlit in the gymnasium. Uh-huh. You're expecting a shot like that, and instead what we get is this weird like disembodied and cut off shot. Fucking brilliant and beautiful. So the the fact that so much care went into it, I, I mean, 
I I read the trauma as slightly different, but I'm I'm t- you know just bringing what I have as a viewer to it. Yeah. And all of that care and thought and interaction of parts that went into it. That's what that's what made it hit for me is because not because of like what I'd perceived the trauma to be, but the fact that so much attention was being given to it and so much was being put on the line. It's some parts of it are very visceral. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, (laughs) I think, and, and just to like, um, just to like explain, <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to come across. You don't as, have to explain. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think yeah. on the on the topic, like I, I, I am not just like some guy who came out of the woodwork and was like, I want to make a film about this. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the subject matter is like, um, th- there are members of the creative team who have real life experience with this. Sure. And like our our lead dancer, like Karina, felt very attached to this project. She has a little girl in school right now, and it's like. Or who is about to go into school? She's um, <laughs> right. Like, this is adorable. Topic. Anyway, sure. <laughs> so, there, like, nobody said no to being involved with this, and I told everybody like what this was about, and yeah. everybody like shouldered that responsibility and like took their own experiences, um, and and like matched it, and like this was made with as much care and like love and intention as possible. Right. And I think like that outside it, like that's the best I can do, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think yeah. that's the best. I think that honestly, that's the best possible way to to respect this this subject matter is to create the best piece of art that you can, and this is phenomenal. Um, let's dive into the yes. to the coffee shop. So, Karina Johnson shows up. Does, is there a character name, or can I just call her Karina? Is that cool? Or um, I, I'll, I, t- I mean, I yeah, say I always say I always <laughs> use last names, but like you could just th- you could throw Karina around. That's okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, so when Karina comes in. What do, is this for like where what where what you think your character would wear or is does thought go into this because the, the oversized coat mm-hmm. to me is that's the armor that's the thing that you wrap yourself in that feels appropriate but then there's also this little subtle detail of like the choker style necklace with the really thin um, uh, chain mm. so like that that right off the bat I noticed this on like third watch but like the big giant coat in which she can hide herself but there's always to me i read that as like there's always this tension for me that's like the pinky ring on um jake gyllenhaal's character in prisoners it's little subtle details like that that i think really establish the character early visually immediately how much of a conscious decision was that or was this just like (laughs) she showed up in this yeah so there there are there are a lot of things (laughs) in this project that were just like came together and for no discernible reason sure um the only part of that costume that I had an informed decision on was the coat. Was the coat? Yeah. The rest of it, Karina came with. Um, the and necklace is brilliant. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. It's a great choice. And and I will say, like, the costuming, like, it wasn't necessarily, like, my influence decision. Sure. But Karina's an artist herself. You know, she rolled Obviously. in with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. She, she had, you know, she had power over that over that costume. And we, we had talked about different outfits. Um, like, I specifically wanted the coat in that scene to be green because I knew the grade in the school was going to be green. Right. I so, want to talk about how the yeah. grades link into each other because that's <laughs> fucking beautiful. Thank but, okay, you. so you, you're visually tying together yeah. the, her first appearance in the school and her coat. Yeah, like when I put out, when I put the, the casting call out for the extras who appear in the scene, um, including the, the barista, Han, um, um, I, the only like costuming note I gave was like, nobody wear green. Like the Karina was the only person who could wear that color, right. and 
and yeah. So like, God damn, I wish you'd seen Drive. <laughs> they do this in Drive. They costume the way that they costume people ties them to physical locations. Oh, cool. Those physical physical locations echo aspects of their character, also to their vehicles, because it's like a getaway driver movie. Sure. So, dude, this this is oh my god. Okay, all right, that's beautiful. Um, I love the ca- okay. So let's talk about the broken coffee cup and the camera work that you do, because this is a series of quick shots. Mm-hmm. So to create a consistent camera effect across multiple shots, did you shoot any multi camera? Was this just kind of a one camera shot to shot to oh, shot? Yeah. This entire thing is shot on one camera and just no multi cam work at all. Nothing. Beautiful. It's take after take after take after take. Beautiful work, yeah. man. Okay, the- <laughs> and none of it was sequential. It was all like random order. Shot list. Yeah. Shot- hey, man. Well, that's that's why even- you didn't do a shot list. There was no shot list. Oh God, dude, John. <laughs> That's shame. I know, I know. Shame on you. Shame. But like <laughs> I like I cannot Let's, communicate enough like how crazy this So none was. of this is storyboarded either. It's all What about the chore- choreography? How the, how, okay. would, how did that come together? Yeah. I want to come back we're going to come back to the coffee shop cuz I want to talk about gripping the table, the shaking and mm-hmm. some really cool subtle things that happen. Yeah. In that sequence, but how the hell do you put together <laughs> choreography like this with no? I'm assuming no storyboards. Then nothing. No storyboards. Yeah. No shot list. So, okay. Oh my god. I will. So the majority of the work for this project sure. was done with the choreography, and like the choreography from the moment that that uh, she's in the school, mm-hmm. like from front all the way to the end of the cafe. Yes. Like that is all tightly choreographed, and including that final cafe shot. Um. That with it where she's it's it's very violent, I very knew, visceral. Yeah. Okay. Um, I knew that the ending shot of it not the not the very ending shot but there's one specific shot of the camera slightly zooming out yes um at the end of the cafe and i knew that was in my head okay but it wasn't like written down anywhere everything else was just improvised <laughs> um and You're giving like, me anxiety talking about this but <laughs> like, okay yeah, yeah. Like, you would have had like, <laughs> believe me i had so much anxiety on this set and everybody else involved too so like how, how, what was the process uh, talk to me about the process of, of choreographing this then. yeah so that when we get to the choreography we can just talk about it and not the the Genesis. Give me the genesis of the choreography, what that workflow was like. Yeah. So um, Riley was the first person attached to the project. Um, I reached out to her first and was like, hey, this is my idea. This is what it's about. Is this something that you want to be involved with? Yeah. And um, she stomached that and she came back to, like, I think I was. I was expecting her to be like, oh, okay, well, let me think about it and I'll let you know. But I think we were like 10 minutes into the conversation and she was like, I am interested. Okay. So it was a very, it felt very good. Um, mm-hmm. That collaboration from day one, it was great. Um, really, I gave this entire thing to Riley and just mm-hmm. let her run with it. I didn't see the choreography that she had planned for this until we were in our first rehearsal. How many, how many rehearsals before the first shoot? Two. Two? We did two days of rehearsals. Did you do any formal planning for what camera work you were going to use for any specific parts of this choreography? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. I good. went. We so because otherwise my notes are <laughs> stupid sounding because I'm like the intention behind. Okay. Okay. Excellent. No, excellent. It was very intentional. Like I will. Most of this film existed in my head. Like I said, there was no, there really, really was no shot list, but I knew like visually what I wanted to do with it. Mm. Or I knew what I wanted people to walk away from the film feeling. And so like those things informed my actions on the day, but there was no structured storyboard. And I tried to make one. I did, but it was like six hours before the first shooting day. Like I cannot. (laughs) It's the worst time. (laughs) Like I said, this is indie (laughs) filmmaking that has just, that has no business being received this well. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's not, no, 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 no. That's that is now you're just being self self-effacing, John, because what the final product, however it came to be, speaks for itself. 
You know what I mean? Like what? Okay, I'll be. Let me be one hundred percent honest with you. When okay. I first sat down to watch, so I'd seen all the nominations. Sure. And my brain did this dumb thing. So like, just alone seeing this nominate th- this awards and official selection list. It is. A I. Sh- <laughs> I. Sh- that's a fucking list, man. Wow. I should have. But here, let's read it. Let's, I'm no, let's do it at the end. Let's okay. do it at the end. But I. I should have seen that list and been like, well, okay, I'm ready to see some shit. Mm-hmm. But I sat down, being like, my friend John shot something. I'm gonna watch this. So I came at it with like that mindset. It's the same. It's I, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording, but it's the same mindset that you have when someone's like, "Hey man, I've got a band. Do you want to hear our demo?" And you're like, "Yeah, sure." And then they play the demo, and you're like, "That was really good, man." You know, like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that because I've seen your shit on Instagram, so I'm like, "This is gonna be fucking good." Yeah. But I was floored by this. The yeah. first watch through when it was done, and like it just goes to that like little weird Vimeo screen at the end, and mm-hmm. I'm just staring at like this bl- blank gray screen, like. What the? I knew it was the right film because I'd seen the I'd seen the image from the thumbnail from your selection. I was like, yeah. "What the? Where the fuck did that come from?" Mm-hmm. This hit me like yeah. hard. It is a gut punch of a short, and um, everybody's responded to it differently. But when when I I did a um, a private screening for those involved with the film, sure, um, like two days, like a week before it, it released publicly, um, we all like sat down and got together and watched the thing and. Um, there was applause, but it was like after the credits finished rolling. Okay. It was like, and and that's been the response from a lot of people is people just, um, they just sit there. You got to sit for a second. The credits roll and they wait until it's completely done before they react to it. As a brief aside, have you seen The Whale yet? Yes, I have. You've seen The Whale. Did you see it in theaters? No. All right. So... What you just described was exactly, and listeners have heard this. If they, this, uh, we talk about it on a couple episodes, but we mm. all went together as like a, like three or four friend group families. All went and saw the whale. Sure, because it's a twenty four. Yeah, Fucking you can awesome. just go to every a twenty four. Yeah, dude, screening. just go see every single one. <laughs> if you it. miss any of them, you just you feel stupid afterwards because you see it at home and you're like, damn, I bet that was awesome on the big screen. Um, the whale. We all sat and watched the whale. Mm-hmm. It ended. We're in a, like a maybe like half full theater, right? So the the movie ended. No one said anything. No one got up. No one moved. In the whole auditorium, no one left. The credits completely roll all the way through. Everyone sits in silence. Nobody leaves. Mm -hmm. The lights came up. Minutes pass, and all of us are continuing to sit in silence, and no one's leaving. Yeah, That's how the whale... (laughs) <laughs> hit that whole fucking auditorium and then finally yeah. like you know like carl turns to me and he's like like i, I can't even remember it's like holy shit and some guy in the back was like fuck like that's the <laughs> whole reaction to the whale you know it's like amazing it, it is it's one of the it's it's a tight it's a masterpiece dude it's a titanic accomplishment in cinema and performance it's really cool it's yeah. a really cool look brent brendan fraser deserves all of the hype for this project i just heard the i can't remember which one but i just heard that he won a best actor award for one of the majors like maybe a bafta but Some, something yeah s- all of those festivals all of those he should awards sweep are, he should sweep them all however <laughs> you also haven't seen everything everywhere all at once i yet. haven't i i have not i have not that's coming so in seven days i'm gonna be like brendan who <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure no brendan deserves deserves the recognition but so does every single person and everything everywhere cast do yeah. you have criteria the criterion channel i don't okay. i am that's, also the worst filmmaker that's fine i mean 
<laughs> like I, I do not do my homework. It's fine. It's fine. Next time we get to, uh, we got to get you and Casey here again. Pretty much just so I can force you to binge watch movies, and she yes. can force me to be productive. Perfect. Um, we'll tent out in your backyard, and we'll just screen the entire Criterion channel. Fucking let's do it. <laughs> they just put up a collection called Michelle Yeoh kicks ass, and it's oh, like fuck it's yeah, like Michelle eight Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh yes. movies. I'm pretty sure Bird and I are gonna watch one like the second you're out the door. Excellent. Um, but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sidebar us. I want to jump back in because I have some fairly specific notes that I want to dig into. Great, yes. Love the coffee cup falling down. The There's something about the way that, that water, the, the coffee is dripping onto the floor mm-hmm. that's troubling. And I watched it just that chunk several times to try and figure out what it is, and I can't figure it out. The closest thing I can get is it's the sound. Did you ADR that, or did you catch that sound on site? Of the dripping? The, of the Yeah, the coffee, like... Like piddling onto the floor is the best way I can think of it. It's also I'm just gonna say it because I just respond to, to films. It yeah. is somehow reminiscent to me of like someone wetting themselves, and it fucks with me every time I see it. And it's mm. perfect for that moment. I'm I know I'm bringing look, man. I'm bringing my shit it. to this, but like, please do the way that that hits me every time is like especially because it immediately precedes the gripping of the table. Mm-hmm. It's like the it's almost like a J cut to stark fear. You know what I mean? It's amazing. It's like it's like visual onomatopoeia in a way. You know, it's confusing to see, and I think it's I, I, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It hits <laughs> me, and I love it. Um, but I wanted to know. Yeah, did you did you just like shotgun that, or did you ADR? Yes. Or fo- did you foley that? Not ADR. Coffee, <laughs> coffee can't come in and accept its union dues and take its breaks. Um, um, yeah. So we had a shotgun mic on camera, and a lot a lot of the sounds are are straight out of camera. Um, I will say we've moved a lot of them around and it, that was actually intentional. Like, um, the, like the sound of the coffee dripping from in that shot that appears in the film is of that scenario, but from a different take. Gotcha. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. to create weirdness before, before we enter the Kind of Lynchian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you, it, wait a minute. You're a bad filmmaker. How many David Lynch's have you seen? None. God damn it, John. <laughs> All right. We're going to gloss this for now. Continue. Sorry. That's very Lynchian thing that you're talking about there. Yeah. Well um, done. Yeah, so uh, uh, there a lot of the sound effects that you hear, like um, like the actual shattering of the glass and stuff, is all like sound effects that have been pulled from a different library and injected into the film. They've gotcha. all been chosen very carefully, mm-hmm. um, but it shows um, the sound is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, like almost like I think out of the. 50 audio tracks that there are in this film I think maybe two of them are from the actual camera and the rest is all just sound effects that I've injected amazing yeah it's like amazing. yeah I, I have I on my laptop I have this film and the premiere profile in the premiere profile yeah, I'll sh- I'll show you I'd like this. to see I'd like to see what the work like the workspace the fl- what the timeline looks like I'd be for happy to show it to you yeah oh my god oh behind the scenes mm. um so uh, the hand cam work f- so she grips the table mm-hmm. and starts to like you can see her really clamp down on it and it starts to shake yeah. it's like a like a like an earth like it's like an earthquake like tremors right yes. but that that shaking even though it's just her just at her table echoes throughout some of the following shots one thing i noticed and absolutely loved mm. um 
there's an, there's another guy who looks up over his left shoulder as a hand cam shot pans up from the edge of the table and his coffee cup is shaking. Yeah. Did you, that's amazing, dude. <laughs> Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. That was one of those um that was one of those like ideas that I had like in the minutes leading up to like rolling onto that set and uh, like Follow your instincts forever, sir, cuz they're <laughs> yeah. they they're guiding you well. Yeah, Keith Keith is the name of the is the actor who mm. who is in that role. Um and he was great too, but yeah, it was literally like just outside of frame left, you can see the person under the table. I believe it was Shayna who was just pounding with her fists on the bottom of the table. Like it was just, this is what I love about like indie filmmaking is just like how ridiculous some of the creativity gets. Yeah. But then when it comes to energy on the day. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. And I'm like moments like that. I'm glad that I was able to have time to like explore certain things like that because especially with the cafe, like we had no time in the cafe. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. we were extremely crunch for time. I think we were only supposed to be there from like 6 p.m. that night to like uh, 10 p.m. I think. And we ended up walking out of there at like midnight, one o'clock. And <laughs> it was just, we were, it was such a time crunch. And I had the dude, like, it always is. Yeah. The scene were, where I murdered Shane in the living room, <laughs> we were there like two hours late and that's like private residence. They're like, yeah. we're going to bed now. Can you stop killing this guy? I'm like, I just one more, one more time. No. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, but it was very much that vibe, but it was, uh, it was so stressful because like, I haven't really worked with extras. Sure. Like up until the moment I walked on that set, it was just me, Riley and Karina. And we all at that point had our process locked right so it was like when i showed up and there was other factors and other people and we had like contracts with the location and like we had this specific time and there was like an employee who was there right. to like supervise the whole thing it was like i was suddenly dealing like thank god casey was there because <laughs> she especially with the cafe yes. stuff she took the reins on production mm-hmm. manager and and i think i would not have been able to do this without casey's involvement on that day yeah i i tell people all the time is like any take any one person involved with this project out the equation and it doesn't work the whole thing falls the, apart the entire thing any one single person it's the dude that's a classic hollywood story like yeah it's just either everything goes perfect or the film doesn't get made or never released yeah um so that's awesome there's also another shot where the hand cam is cl- I couldn't figure out exactly what I was seeing because it's <laughs> such a quick shot. Yes. But the hand cam is shaking as it comes up too, and it mm-hmm. makes it look like the entire room is about to like shake off its hinges. And then we cut back to uh, Karina, and she like basically like sl- like puts her head down on the table, like brings her her hands and head down, and we do like a it's like a quick fade and pull. There's a beautiful camera motion that that hides the cut gorgeously and creates this awesome looking transition. Thank you. I call it the glory shot. The glory shot. Dude, it's one of the most, <laughs> it's it's like one of the three most beautiful shots in the film and it's just, and it's so fast. I love, I love the lack of linger in this movie. Like you could have kept Karina down for a long period just to show off the framing of this next shot. You're yeah. shooting down the hallway. She's um, basically like crouched down with her hands on the ground and you've you've framed the two vertical windows of like the double high school doors. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know, is this natural light or are you blowing that light out with light bars outside? Yes, we have um, we have like a single aperture, like 300D Mark II, like outside blasting yeah. just like color balanced light through that through that. Just window. straight white. So this, yeah. I, that was my next question is, is this blue light on the day or are you shooting everything white and doing it all in post in the grade? It's all in the grade. Amazing. Yeah. So this, so you just shot as balanced as you could. Did you shoot log? 
Yes. Yeah, okay. no, we shot, um, this was shot in 12-bit ProRes RAW. So this was RAW footage we were working with. Did And did you, or did you shoot on the Sony or where, is this like this a was, borrowed yeah. red? <laughs> yeah. So this, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. And like, um, like the cameras, like every single aspect of this production is indie. Yeah, yeah. This was shot on a... Um, T2i. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> no, but... Um, this was shot on a um, like a pre-owned Sony FS5, which is okay. a, like a seven, eight-year-old camera that Sony no longer makes, sure. and it only shoots ProRes RAW. Um, if you have, if you also purchase the raw license from Sony's website, and I'm not sure if they sell that anymore. Like, uh, like it was literally like the craziest, like <laughs> the rig. I can't believe that the rig worked. Like I just, um, it was like three months before I even had the idea for this film, before I even listened to that first soundtrack yeah. or to the, to the, to the, the song. Yeah. yeah. Um, where a friend of mine, um, was like, Hey, I have this buddy who's selling this like FS5. I think he's like, I think he just used it like on a, it was was like on set on like locked on a tripod in a in a news station or something and they were like they're upgrading all their equipment and he just has it and i was like okay i'll you know i got it for like a thousand dollars or something and then (laughs) just like kitted the thing good deal yeah 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 no it was a great deal um i was very lucky to have it but it didn't come Mm. with the raw license it didn't come with any of that stuff like when i started like when the studio like i had that camera before i even launched the studio sure so i launched the studio and then um, i started thinking about all the different projects that i wanted to do chose this one and then it was sort of like what can i do to make the best version of this film possible with the resources i have now Mm. and so yeah, the camera was a. I'm very lucky to have the camera, um, but it was like a used camera, like it's totally secondhand. Like it could, I did, I had a lot of. You get a lot of good <laughs> shit secondhand though. Like yes. it's not always bad to buy yeah. used. Man. I think there's like sure. there's like all, everybody on like YouTube and all these like cinema people. They just go on and on about how like um like oh the gear doesn't matter. And I think the gear. I, I think there's like an asterisk. That's on a that. stupid thing to say. I know. I like. I think the gear does matter when the filmmaker. In my, in my case in this instance has like the I don't know I don't know how to say that um, <laughs> um, you're looking for like a specific instrument to play a specific song on yeah it's, it's like me thing, as right? the expert wants like knows that this gear is going to do the best job for me sure it's like I, I do think like any filmmaker, any pro-level filmmaker can grab an iPhone and make a film with an iPhone, yeah. but only if their creative vision says, I need an iPhone for this. I Yes, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So like, it's, it, like an, an, uh, uh, it's like an in-depth knowledge of how to use the tool and which tool is best for that vision. Right. Is this like, is, that's why I thought it, like, that, what, it's such a silly thing to say. Like, the gear doesn't matter. You can make anything. I mean, you can. You can. You can and make anything on anything, for I, sure. 98% agree with that statement right yeah but it and i'm i'm actually one thing i'm hoping that you can help me with off mic in the in the like year years to come Mm. is i'm trying to get like i'm trying to develop expertise in film world but where my my lexicon currently i think of everything in music right now Mm -hmm. and there's a huge difference between playing through like solid state 100 watt head and cab Versus hand-wired boutique British tube-driven amplifiers. Yeah. Tube versus solid state is like the big guitar thing right now. I'm going to nod my head like I know That's anything fine. that you just it's said. Fine. Here, I'll bring Zappa into it. So like Frank Zappa, if you look at his guitar rig, he was so fucking picky. He's, he's, he went through amp after amp after amp to find the four amplifiers, two, diff, two different of two 
different amplifiers, so matched sets of two different amps, mm-hmm. that gave him exactly, specifically the sound that he needed to make his music. It took him years to do. Wow. He modified every guitar he ever owned with additional switches, additional knobs, so that he could put coils, split coils, or put things in and out of phase, because buying something stock off the rack was not going to cut it for what Frank Zappa wanted to do with his art. Yeah. That's why, like... You, do, you can buy like look I have a T2i that's why I keep making fun of them but like you can shoot stuff on a T2i and you can and you can make it look really good mm-hmm. but not everything that you want to do as a filmmaker is possible through a T2i with borrowed glass or, yeah. or old school glass yes. so you need the right instrument to play the song you want to play yes and for this project like I knew that I needed for me like the story was at its best when I had footage that I could grade really hard and I needed that I needed that raw footage and and so this was the best, easiest, most approachable option for me with the camera that I had. I just needed to like sink some money into the software to unlock all the different features. But sure, um, sure. yeah, so I, w- I was lucky that like, the camera had raw capabilities at all. It kind of sucked that I needed to pay extra for it because most cameras nowadays that do record like raw footage, yeah. like you don't have to pay for the extra licensing. It just, it just comes they just come like, by default. Like a Sony FX3 just comes with that by default. You can but, just shoot, ra- shoot yeah. raw. But like this camera, when it was released, I think it was like 2007 or something. You have to it, buy like a license to unlock the feature. Yeah, so the camera was like shipped as like a handy cam that anybody, it was like, oh, you know, a cinema camera for everybody. And then like, if you wanted to push the professionalism further and further and further, you could expand it, like kit it out. With... Was it a one-time fear or you like have a subscription to shoot on RAW? <laughs> Thank God, there are- I know, the like, Adobe Suite <laughs> RAW, man. That's, I know. Oh my God, what a nightmare. Oh my goodness. Luckily, <laughs> all of the RAW licensing for the camera and the software and different things were, it was all one-time fee. Gotcha. There are some cameras where it's like per project licensing and that shit is crazy Fuck that yeah some it's of like the handcuffs on your camera that's yeah. awful when i was first researching Predatory. that i was like shitting my pants because some of <laughs> some of those sony cameras like those camcorders yeah, those yeah. cinema cams are that kind of raw subscription do your research kids yeah you cool. could, yeah so like like i said mm-hmm. Everything about this production (laughs) (laughs) just fell perfectly into place. I can't believe this thing got made. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) All right. Um, So I just, I love the, basically I wrote, um, she's kneeling in the hall, vertical bars of light through the doors at the far end of the hall, like aquamarine angel wings erupting from her back. And then Johnson rises into the light, eclipsing it. And we cut to a high three quarter of her enveloped in darkness. Yeah. Gorgeous. Her physical performance is cap- captivating, absolutely captivating. The fact that even simple movements from room to room are accompanied by the, like, I don't know, dancing terminography, but those mm-hmm. twirls. Mm-hmm. The first time I watched it, I was like, I'm like, oh, we're filling, I was like, oh, we're filling some space with dance until we get to like the meat of the choreography. But even those twirls as she moves down the hall yes. are supportive of this whirling, reeling, you think about it from her through her eyes and this world is whipping past her mm-hmm. especially when that later is supported by the um that you do like a pull out shot when she hits the bars and the camera rocks slightly left to right mm-hmm. it's all, everything is always off kilter which is why i really like the hand cam but yeah my god um she gets into the classroom and then we get in the the cinematography we get it's like she's disconnected from the space until her hands touch the floor of the classroom. So she's she's like moving through in the twirls. She arrives in the classroom, takes a few steps in, and she's looking around sort of cautiously, sort of, uh, there's an unsettled quality to it, but then she does this drop. And as soon as her hands hit the ground, she comes up into like this, 
like doubled over posture Mm -hmm. and hangs there and it is so a lot of the other movements so far feel like dance they feel almost balletic is that a word? I don't know. Sure. Um, they, 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 they feel like a, like a structured dance. There's a twirl, there's a, a pirouette or whatever the word term is. But then yeah. as soon as the, her hands hit the ground and she comes up, it becomes animalistic. It becomes very expressive. Yes. Um, and that, yeah, that can, was go on, yeah. intentional. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. Um, there, like, um, I, I do, yes, Riley, like, fucking ran with this choreography and... Um, like absolutely crushed it. Like I cannot believe I was, I was really, really shocked on the first day. I think on the first day of our dance rehearsal, mm-hmm. like all three of us were sobbing like by the end. Cause it was just like, it was on, I cannot believe like the movements and all these different things that she came up with. Um, I, I will say I, I gave her like, like a small beat breakdown. There were moments that I knew I wanted. Sure. And um, like when a moment needed to be dancey and when it needed to transition into something more animalistic, like you said. So like she had like guidelines, but all of the actual movement is all her. And, right. Which is really incredible. Um, like when, when you were talking about the moment when she first is first dropped into the school yes, and right. rises slowly, like I knew I wanted that, but mm-hmm. from the second she t- like takes her first step out of that after having stood up, like right. that's all choreo- choreographed from that point onwards. Right. Um, it shows. Yeah. <laughs> it absolutely shows. Um, yeah. And so, so she comes up, and there's. I know this is like a. a it seems like a fatuous connection, but it's. A, I think it's a strong point. There's mm-hmm. a Star Trek movie called First Contact. Okay, <laughs> I know it's weird, um, but it's it's cool because like there's a moment where in this movie where Jean Luc Picard and Co go back in time to the first starship that achieves warp capacity. They go to warp speed, and that attracts the uh, attention of other aliens, and that causes um, first contact. Mm. Um, And that causes the Federation to be formed, and it changes the entire history of mankind forever. Mm -hmm. Within 50 years, war is gone. There's no more money. Everyone's just like bettering themselves and bettering humanity, and humanity has changed for the better forever. They go back in time, and they get to meet the guy who made that spaceship, right? And Picard is standing in front of the spaceship and there's this android Data standing next to him and Picard touches the side of the spaceship with his hand and Data's like, why are you touching that? Like, what's that about? What's Do humans, like, do, do your hands mean something? And mm-hmm. Picard's like, yes, for humans, touching something with your hands makes it in- emotionally and intrinsically more real than it was a moment before and Data, like, touches it and it's a whole thing. Like, oh, I'm an android, so this mm-hmm. is just kind of like, uh, there's some imperfections in the metal. We should probably talk to the guy about that. <laughs> but that point that Picard makes that, like, when you once you physically touch something with your hands, it becomes more real in a way. Mm-hmm. And I love this moment where she touches the floor of this space that mm-hmm. she's clearly been in before yeah because it it's almost as though there's a dreamlike quality especially with the the angel wings and that lilting score and the twirls there's a dreamlike quality until her hands touch the floor and touching that base reality reality reasserts itself and your lighting choices here and camera work here as well the fallen lamp the choice to put your light warm and low is mm-hmm. Brilliant because one it puts your light source in a really striking and unusual angle But also because it's low it's not to cheapen it with this term But it is classic horror lighting low angle lighting creates unusual shadows on the face that Are all are wrong because we very seldom see shadows on people from that angle That's why all of the old like universal monster movies shoot from like foot lighting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so it creates this like unsettled 
horror. The lighting itself implies the horror of the scene, and it's backed up by both your hand cam work and her backing out of the space afraid as though she's afraid to turn her back on what's in here. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Um and then I love the warm the warm lit cream and t- is that uh, so that lamp is white. Is that what you're telling me? No, that lamp that was, was warm toned. Yeah, so at, when I say like I spent a lot of time on the grade, um the grade was very very challenging. I sure. probably spent two or three days just trying to get it consistent across all of the different spaces that we were in. Right. Um, I think I graded that moment, that moment where she rises up from the floor, yeah. the opening shot of the school that I graded that because like that was it, the image that was in my head that inspired all of the stuff that happens in the school. Sure. Like that was the shot that came first after I listened to the music. I was like, Oh, this is an interesting thing. Right. Um, so I graded that and used that as my reference. And then everything else in the school was just trying to get everything to match that, that initial shot. Yeah. So the, the light, the, the, the lamp was a practical, um, that I found it in some antique shop and the light bulb in it just happened to work and it was just happened to be that color temperature. That's so that's like basically what you shot is yeah. man well, does well, that look good. Okay. I, well okay. the lamp is on the floor yeah, and I, I yeah. had I had like this small like uh, aperture like tube light. There is some fill lighting I can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've been I, I filled it a little bit, but like uh, like I, I matched I did my best. <laughs> Dude, you did. Then your best yeah. is damn good because that is some gorgeous. That's gorgeous shooting. Thank um, you. the cream or t- tan white color of the newspaper on the floor hmm. matches the ceiling tiles, matches the bars in the hallway. Yeah. So like, obviously, this classroom is an ominous space. It's a dangerous space because mm-hmm. she won't turn her back on it. And tying that. So that as she re-exits into the hallway, and she was just in the hallway. Mm -hmm. So when she re-exits into the hallway and turns to flee and crashes into these bars, tying those two spaces together with the color, the way that you did with the green jacket in the hallway. Yeah. This is when this on second watch when I started to pick up on some of these things I was like this is when I was like there there is so much thought and care and attention and yeah. the artistry that went into this is just thank you beautiful so man. much of it was like improvised too <laughs> it's it like, works it works so well like if I can talk about um like the what we like when we walked out of the last choreography rehearsal and into and like when we the last choreography rehearsal versus what we shot in the school is kind of different. Mm-hmm. Originally, I had um, Karina traveling from that first classroom when she backs out of it originally and winds up at the gate. Yeah, that was originally supposed to be a sequence in a second classroom. Okay, but when we arrived on location, like the people who were giving us this tour were like, "Oh, check this out!" and they like pulled down this thing and then pulled the gate out of the side of the door. Right, and we were like, "Holy shit!" I need like I was like I need to use this right of and course a very similar thing happened with the gymnasium the gymnasium okay. was not originally in the script at all it was like we were just giving the, we were given this tour of the school and they were like oh yeah and I don't know if you want to shoot in here and you open the door and it was like holy fuck there is a gym in here and it, it was like and those like old metal like tables yeah yeah they, they, it was just all original like we didn't dress they were all just chilling there yeah and like the the lunch trays and stuff like right. those was, are still there. They were so like they like cleaned up the property and like did all this weird stuff, but those are the original trays from that school. They just had them like stored in a shelf, like in the back, in some back room. So like I tore through this back room and pulled all this stuff out. But like some of these, like when we found the gymnasium and, and when we found those gates, like those, those were changes that I sort of made on the fly to like 
very dude the adaptation to your surroundings then pays off massively yeah um thank you how do you yeah, for sure how so all right when she comes into the gym yeah she's crossing the full she's crossing the, the the space of the floor and the gym is fairly dark and there's a moment where the we notice i'm not sure exactly what happens here did you did, is that active lighting so that it's dark and then as she enters the space you cue lights and they blow through the windows or did you hide the light and reveal it with camera work um when she's running into the gymnasium yes no so i had a single light it's the same light that was outside sure. blasting the school doors <laughs> that's a powerful ass light dude because those really are big strong. windows yeah. yeah it originally comes with like this big umbrella we just like took that off and the thing is like blinding to look at yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we was uh we like hazed the hell out of all of the places that we shot in mm-hmm. so like it, it was a little bit easier to deal with when you tone it down with the environmental uh haze <laughs> sure sure but it, it's just one light on a stand and i had Shayna standing behind the light and all she did was just track in karina as she ran through the gym but slightly behind her so that right. when she finally gets right in front of the camera on her spot then the light lands right behind her in that moment and then from right. then on it's just locked in that position and so like the intention behind the light the light sort yeah. of became a character itself in a weird way even like um like the tracking light, yes, in the gymnasium, but also before, like um, that specific colored light coming through the doors, that's meant to be um, a sort of like visual representation of a pursuit. Gotcha. Like the light follows her. Sure. And it's, From space to space to space. Yeah, and it's like in that moment in the gymnasium, like um, I was talking with Karina and through the choreography and like when we were in that space and even in the rehearsals up till that like that moment where she's like dead sprint across the gymnasium when she stops herself and then falls to the floor like that was that was like um (laughs) i want to be like delicate with the situation of course but like with the truths that are behind that story like that was the moment when she quote unquote gets shot sure and so when the light tracks her in and like they all like all those moments happen right right in that split frame and it's like um it was all intentional and it was meant to like tell the it's just storytelling tactics you know sure yeah yeah yeah. but um it was all it was all like done as intentionally (laughs) (laughs) no like i it's i i missed i mean i have no personal context for that particular backstory Mm -hmm. so I I missed that, but you do get a sense of the light as a as an oppressor. Uh, for me, I got the, a sense of the light as oppressive, yeah. as an as an oppressive force, and mm-hmm. it it seems to be waiting for her in spaces. Um, mostly, what I pick up on the next, it, I thought that the grade was kind of a character. Mm, yes, for me, like the cold blue tones, like cool blue is always going to be well, one a Hollywood favorite, but but also to me, it was like. It's like a, a color of like sickness, of cold. It it's obviously like um, has connotations of death. For me, it also like kind of became like weirdly like an underwater sequence. Everything it gave like a weird, um, not weird and not weird. Weird is the wrong word, but it gave like an unsettling sort of uh, almost like eldritch. Um, like underwater feeling, especially yeah. with the final framing of that. So yeah, like the entire the entire school sequence is a dream sequence, and it yeah. was made to to feel like that. I needed the grade in the cafe to be very different from the school. It is, yeah. It's yeah. it's 
in a great way the cafe sequences feel really like um like hyper real it looks like shots from the iron town it looks like we're you know we're shooting a, yeah. shooting a documentary or <laughs> like oh and now she's gonna come in and we're gonna talk to her about dance yeah and then to cut to like these susan pitt style or you should i know you haven't you should watch some of susan pitt's shorts um yeah but she's like, a genius lighter um but yeah it's it, it, very surrealistic lighting or very um uh, not pr- like what am I trying to say? Very expressionist lighting, beautiful. Um, so I want to talk about the choreography in yes. the gymnasium. Lovely, yes, let's do it. Flashes these flashes of desperation, where at first she's she reaches upwards for just moments, and then she's crushed back to the ground. Yeah. So much of the early choreography, she, it's she's just pressed to the floor as though under unfathomable weight the shot of her with her her cheek to the boards as she like twists around is it's somehow hard to watch it's it's heartbreaking but the look on her face isn't one of pain or agony it's almost of resignation which makes it worse um in a good way it very very it's very expressive um then there's so she's like on the ground crushed down we're only getting flashes of of her trying to reach up and then it's as as though she's got no no strength there's no way to fight against the weight that's above her and then we 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 do a, a quick camera change to that powerful stance legs wide supporting herself with her hand one mm-hmm. hand up perfectly backlit yeah and i wrote down and this is now i'm bringing my interpretation to this yes um which is wrong as i found out <laughs> well, earlier no i mean it's all <laughs> it's, it's all meant to be subjective like especially with this film like i i left so much in the context and in so much in the in the subtlety of everything yeah like i want people to to take different things away from this so so the, from this point on it's what i'm reading into this stuff okay. and i love it i love the way that this reads to me personally Great. why why wouldn't i i'm a genius um <laughs> But I I love that the the shape that she makes is like essentially a pyramid. It's a very strong stance under which you could bear the weight of this. She holds herself up with two widely set legs, her arm down powerfully, and now she's got a hand up, and mm-hmm. it stays up for the first time. It's not crushed back immediately into the floor. Yes. And I thought finding sh- after a few attempts to find a way to support herself and being crushed under the weight of of these emotions or of this trauma that she's endured Mm -hmm. she's now found a way to support her support herself beneath this weight so she can rise and she does she gets back up onto her feet um but once she gets back up onto her feet dude that shot of her bending forward and then that agonized twisted hand behind the back Mm -hmm. it's like fucking hereditary for a few seconds it's so gnarly yeah and it's dance like I, i'm it's tr- it's disturbing it's disturbing the shape that that makes and it's so evocative of i i wrote down um it's so evocative uh, as though her arm is in the grip of an invisible bully and then she reaches out and free that's what i immediately thought was like say uncle you know and she reaches up and frees her arm from that posture and in freeing her arm from that posture once more she's on her feet so i'm i'm into it so continue how how off am i how how far away you know not very um yeah i karina like really really embodied this thing and gave absolutely 
everything to it. It was incredible to like, it, it was difficult for me as like a director on set, especially with the camera just like hung over my shoulder the whole time. Like I was so worried about getting these shots, but it was so powerful to like do playback and like watch some of these moments and like just see the amount of work. Like she, she went crazy with it. And, um, and I say it like went crazy, but um, what she really did was just, she just, she, she took on the responsibility in sure. a really powerful way. And like those that that moment where where the hand shoots out and then she like pulls herself up like that's Riley's choreography, right. but it is heightened by Karina's performance. The, um, you said that so this is all single cam work yes. and there's tons of shots mm-hmm. of this. Did you pick an angle, run the whole piece? Pick a new angle, run the whole piece? Or were there moments you knew you captured and said, all right, let's take the choreography from here to here. I'm gonna catch it from here. Yeah. So when it so everything in the cafe is shot like super. It was just whatever was the fastest. Yeah, try and get it done because you got to get out of the building. Sure, yeah. yeah. But when it came when it came to everything in the school, since we had the music track played over everything, I had actually I think I had like ten or fifteen cuts of different parts of the music track, sure. and we would start and stop each one and let it play through, and Karina would just go through the choreography of that section. Gotcha. So like. And and specifically in the in the gymnasium because that's like the the height of the school sequence essentially. Right. Like all of that, we didn't interrupt any of it. I think I shot. I think she ran that four or five different times all the way through, and I just shot each take from a different angle. One on handheld, one on sticks in the back corner. It was sure. like different different attempts at it, but like I let those moments play out all the way through because like when you get that moment where her face is just like crushed up against the, the, board. the floorboards, yeah, yeah, and it's like just seeing that the like those moments, yeah, you don't get those just by like you know firing stop off a and quick start, take. yeah, or like you... without the music. Like we had the music playing the entire time, sure. in the background, and it, I think it's important, at least for this project, to have that because it really it really grounded Karina it's, I think it's something that I have always loved um with and there are a lot of like indie directors and art house directors um Jean-Pierre Melville comes to mind Tarantino comes to mind people who let and Rodriguez comes to mind let your actors work mm-hmm. I don't don't be like I, I, I mean you know far be it for me to tell you what to do but like <laughs> there's something that I think is lost when you're like all right and now uh, I'm gonna get a close-up give me this line there it is. Okay, thank you. Now give me a close up. Oh, it's how about like set up a camera, set your people up, and then ten minutes. Give them, give them minutes. Get let them get into it. Let them find the pace and pattern of themselves. Yeah. Anybody who's any director who's brave enough to let actors sit in silence while their characters work through something. You know, like I love how much space you gave her to work in this because it pays. It dude, it pays off again and again and again because. These, these moments are all, every single one of these moments is striking. Yeah. There's nothing that feels flat or like a pickup or, oh, I just needed an angle of this. Everything feels cohesive yeah. and fluid. There there are, There is one shot. I think it's specifically that shot where her hand shoots out and it's yeah. all weird. Um, like that specific shot. Um, and there are there are a lot of similar takes like that in the cafe where I'm just like, I just need this quick thing. Just like do this and like right. excuse the extras who aren't in the background of that specific shot. You know, it's like yeah, you yeah. kind of piece those things together. So I knew I wanted that hand right. to shoot up in a specific way that I wasn't going to be able to capture just handheld. Like I needed that moment on sticks with a head, uh, with a tripod head that could crank. Could crank. That yeah. Could follow so the motion. you could tilt. Yeah. It's so a, like, yeah, it's a, dude, the tilt is the such tilt. a good vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It's such yeah. a great move. So the like, shots like like that shot like I, w- I knew I'm only going to use the footage of that specific like 
two second shot. Sure. But I let most as much of that moment play out as possible. Like on, I gave her a lots of lead side. in sure. and lots of lead out. So it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it pays <laughs> off. It so pays off. Um and I love okay, so a- after that moment with it where her hand shoots out behind her, like kind of up her back. Yeah. And then she she twists it out and manages to stand. She rotates outward as though she's imploring I, before I'd seen the end of this, I wrote down, she's imploring to a circle of no one there. And they are so powerfully appealed to that I can nearly see them. It's it's like she's begging somebody around her to help her in that circle, and then finally, when we do cut back to the cafe, and there's literally a circle around her, it's so fucking genius. Because yeah. it because it, it makes you wonder, like, how much of this is happening in the cafe, and all of it. Even, yeah, well, yeah, of course, of course. But even though she's like trapped in that moment, she's yeah. imploring all these people that we don't see and yet are there. Mm-hmm. And she sold that so hard that I like expected them to be there. It's a dude. It's a fucking awesome. Yeah. Um. Arm, then she's got her arms out to either side. There's this great bit of choreography where she's got her arms out in two ways and she shifts her shoulders as though she's being pulled in two ways at once. Mm-hmm. And as though she can't bear the, that feeling of being torn apart, then she falls down again. But this time, she's no longer crushed. She's no longer, I wrote down low. There's no more of this like flattened to the floor thing because she's discovered, this is again my read, yeah. she's discovered these methods through this through these moments on of how to get through these low moments and support herself and rise again and she actually turns like under gets her legs under her and stands up in this really graceful way as though she's turning that that like that low moment just using the momentum of that to get back up and uh when she does with, with this grace in which she finally rises she finally She's been reaching outward. There's tons of horizontal movement in the choreography, left mm-hmm. to right, forward, backward, pushing away, up behind. But finally, we get a moment as she rises gracefully where her hands come up above her head and she raises them skyward. And he, this is this framing that I fucking love. Johnson's at the bottom of the frame. Just her head and, and hands, basically her arms from the elbows up, are visible above the black border of the, of the letterboxing. And it's like a drowning person reaching up to keep their head above water and um and and reaching up for help and there's so much empty space and there's no body at all it's such an unusual framing it's so striking i paused the third time i watched through i just paused on that and looked at the frame and she takes up in the climactic shot of the choreography she takes up about one quarter of the entire screen and the rest is just floorboards Mm mm-hmm what obviously intentional do talk walk me through it dude it's the framing is nuts yeah so some of it some of it is happenstance and some of it is intentional um i'll talk about both (laughs) (laughs) so what we had on the day was a six foot ladder Okay. Oh, that's what you. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. So I was standing on the very top rung of that like ladder. A drone or... Yeah. <laughs> no, and yeah, I yeah. had, I think it was Mike, um, who was like, uh, just hanging onto my ankles to make sure I don't like fall off. And oh, you stood like way. on the top. On of the this? top. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I wanted to get up as high as possible. Sure. But once I was up there in that position, I could see the framing of the shot. Yeah. And it was like in that moment. That was when okay, instincts took over, and it was like I think this is. It just became an on the a spur of the moment like sure. visual creative decision. Goddamn, dude. Every single. <laughs> one of your like and then it just I just did it all of those are work so well and it creates such a co- <laughs> dude it's like it's like subconscious John was directing and like conscious John was just like 
I'm getting a vibe. I think I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was the weirdest like like it's just myself collaborating with myself yeah, in these yeah. moments of just like some of it's planned and some of it's not. And it was just somewhere in the middle is where this thing's going to exist. And it was, yeah, it was fun to, it was really fun and satisf- satisfying, sorry, <laughs> dude, <idiot. laughs> uh, to shoot. Um, but yeah, so like also with the, with the, with the, with that specific shot, um, I knew that was a moment where I think I could pull audience to viewers in sure if there was ever any doubts about that location being a school there is something very unmissable about a high school auditorium floorboard that's that dude completely and with the basketball lines on the floor yes there's nowhere else that could possibly be yeah 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 and so and that god damn john it's (laughs) so good dude I, I (laughs) i had originally when we moved into the gymnasium and did all the shooting in there, I had originally had Karina like running and stopping like exactly dead center of the gymnasium, sure. like where those circles and I like yeah, I like wanted it. I wanted it all play out at half court. Right. But there was like when she ran in like with the music, there was something about it that didn't quite click. And so I did I did one take um, where I was like, hey, how about we try this? Just dead sprint the entire way in like don't try to time it to the music like when you hear that specific beat where you stop stop but yeah. stop wh- when you like wherever just, you are wherever you are stop and so i i drew a line for her and was like just run along this line and i'll meet you with the camera wherever i also working like where my movement is going to stop and we'll meet somewhere sure and so like i think I'm not sure if it was the shot, but it was definitely, if not the very next shot, was the one that's in the film. Is like her dead sprint all the way, and she's she made, almost to you. She made it like when she's like she her first attempt at that sprint was like God, I was like this is I yeah how dare I try to attempt this at mid court <laughs> or half court I was like and then she and she made it all the way to those tables to yeah. the lunchroom tables yeah she's like right there yeah in those shot you use those lunchroom tables are attached to the wall and they don't come out any further mm-hmm. so. I was originally just hoping that they were going to like just kind of exist in the background and they kind of do, but I thought they were going to be a lot further from her in the, originally, but she made it so far on that, on that dead sprint. It worked. So I just, I worked around that discovery and just like played with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that's fabulous. Um, back in the cafe, yeah. you see the circle is there. Now I was curious about this, the, the violence of, of that, of that final, and you, this is choreographed. You mm-hmm. said yes. The violence of this choreography is just amazing. Um, I, I have, I have takes on it, but I don't, I don't really care about my takes on it. I'm curious. <laughs> um, and well, I, oh, I want to say the end really quick so we can focus on this dance as like our out point. But dude, sure. I love the smash cut to the title card in the middle of the chaos. It's we we end on Karina. She's shaking. Violent, like the the choreography. Oh, okay, sorry, too many thoughts. Um, <laughs> she's this. There's like this shaking, chaotic, almost. It's like an exorcism. It's like watching a standing exorcism, and then just what your eye keeps waiting for the movement because it's so flurried and so violent to resolve. And instead, we get a title card and black, and it's done. Yeah, that talk 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 <laughs> talking about the abrupt the abruptness that choice to just take this like absolute peak moment of like violent physical expression and then just cut to black white title card 
end of film. Yeah. It's, it feels very, now that I know a little more about the backstory, it feels very intentional. It feels very, it, yeah. it's always felt powerful. What, what's the thinking behind that? Yeah, so the, the idea with the smash cut was to let no one escape from this experience in a weird way. Fuck. And the, the players in the cafe in that final moment where they're just standing there and yeah. watching it, like yeah. that is a statement within itself. The people in the cafe represent real life people. We've seen this. Who, yeah. who just observe mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe are angry about certain things and then nothing but happens. But don't interact or participate it or was take a, any of it on themselves. Yeah. Yeah, My yeah. specific note to the extras was just watch and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want any facial expressions. I don't want any, like, nothing visible, no emotion. Just wall it off and just watch. Have you ever, do you know the, yeah. the Kitty Genovese story? I don't. <sighs> okay. There's a great book. Um, there's a, I think it's just called Kitty Genovese. But if you don't know the story, at least, you should at least know the story. Alan mm-hmm. Moore put it into Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like one of the first incidents of, of kind of what you're talking about. But basically, not to, and I don't want to get too like graphic with it or, or what have you, but essentially a woman in New York was m- murdered horribly. Very, very brutal murder. And it took place over the course of like 40 minutes in the street at night. And many many people saw it happen witnessed it watched it happen and the original way that it's told is that no one called the police people just were like oh some someone else will call and they went back to bed and no one helped her and she was ultimately found like having crawled up the stairs to try and get back to her apartment and like her one of her neighbors found her Hmm. like hours after the event um but it turned out that, I mean, I, having read the book, a couple people did call the the cops, but it kind of like half-assedly, and the cops didn't take it that seriously, and it's just a famous story. It's one of the early stories, and we've seen, we've all seen YouTube footage of this now. Somebody has a heart attack and falls on the street, and someone gets a phone out and takes a video of it, or yeah. just walks past them like, whoa, man, mm-hmm. if I stick around, I'll have to talk to a cop or something. You know? yeah. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is a thing. This is, we saw a lot of it in 2020, 21, 22. Police yeah. brutality. This comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. Tons yep. of people pull the phones out. Not a whole lot of people are getting in the in the mix. Yeah, Which and cops kind of understandable. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not, not to bring that yeah, into no, no, it, no. but yeah, yeah. There are there are flavors of that though in sure. the, in, in, in the intention behind these. And and I think I said earlier, I, I said that you know the, the people just standing around and watching is. I think I said in a statement within itself. But like I, I sort of want to correct myself on that. Like sure. nothing. Uh, and I told this to people involved too. Like nothing about this project is supposed to be a statement. Sure. Like I do, I'm not making any like political like anything. Like what what I wanted to focus on with this project was the people, and by that people that that means like Karina's character. Sure. Like I I think there's something. I think there's a deeper a, a deeper story and something that like. Like personally, I wanted to explore like what are people survivors of a trauma like this? What is their everyday adult life like? Because there are yeah. people who have endured this who are now adults. Yeah, it's like and we yeah absolutely we, we hear about we hear about the event itself and we're like oh my god and like kids whatever sure and then it's like yes but those kids grow up right and it's and like now what is their experience what is that like so this entire film is an attempt to explore like what that might be like i love the variation in the even though everyone is just watching yes. they're not all watching impassively han is quite disturbed as though she yes. wants 
to mm-hmm. do something and she's looking around to others there are other people who are looking disturbed some people are looking completely impassively and just kind of like p- passively observing what's what's going on yes i like the variety of responses to it but the uniformity of no one actually yes. stepping in so um han um like <laughs> i like explained to them like their specific role in this in this uh, like they, they were the only person out of the entire, apart from Karina, out of the entire like on-screen cast sure. who I like explained the full project to and the scope of like their invo- uh, involvement in like that character. I was like, um, like you're the audience in a way. Sure. And but it's also like a step beyond the audience, and it's like like Han's performance is what m- also like what most people would do in that situation is like acclimate to the crowd mentality. Right. And. Yeah. So it's not a statement, but that is what happens on screen, and I think there there are there are similarities. I think similarities. it reflects reality. I think it, it reflects, yeah. yeah, in like a. It, 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 this yeah. does not feel soapboxy or preachy at all. This feels. I I think that's one thing I respond to responded to every time I watched it. Is it it just feels really it feels very human and very honest mm-hmm. without artifice, which is crazy because it's pure art the whole way. It's exp- <laughs> it's, it's modern dance yeah. telling a story, dude. Like there's yeah. nothing more like art house than this, and yet there's. There's no art. There, it's pure art, no artifice to me. I, it's really amazing. Yeah, thank you. I, I think there are there are a lot of things that I could have done that could have gone very wrong with this project. Um, but um, I, I think what we end up, what we've, what you know, in the edit, I found a lot of this in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, post productions where yeah. like things come together, you for find magic sure. in post. In yeah, post for sure. Um, but. Where it where it's come, I'm I'm proud of of what, how it exists and and of the response to it too. The response has been really amazing. Let's talk about the response to it for a second. Yeah, um, I wanted to save this to the end because it because <laughs> yeah. now that now that I've if you just start with this, it's like and here's its bona fides and why you should care. I wanted to talk about why people should care and then be like, oh yeah, and some people care. Sure. So let's just run through this list of awards and nominations, which <laughs> okay. is like kind of the reason that I had to print this sheet. <laughs> I tried to write them down. I'm like, oh, I'll just get them in the top. And then I was like, nope, doesn't fit. Um, so uh, official selection, Cannes Short Film Festival 2023. Official selection of Independent Shorts Awards Film Festival 2022. Official selection of Hollywood Gold Awards Film Festival 2022. Official screen dance selection of Midwest. Sorry, the dogs don't like sneezes. Sneezes are... <laughs> They're just uh, unfettered aggression. Everybody <laughs> knows it. It's a declaration of war if you if you sneeze. Sorry. So that last one, official. This is the fourth the fourth official uh, selection. Official screen dance selection of Midwest Rad Festival. That's the regional area dance festival. Regional alternative dance festival. Regional alternative yes. dance festival mm-hmm. 2023. Award winner best microfilm from Independent Shorts Awards. Award winner for best screen dance short from the Independent Shorts Award. Award winner for best first time director from the Independent Shorts Award. Award winner for Best Cinematography. Well earned, sir. <laughs> Beautifully shot for Independent Shorts Thank Award you. Film Festival. Gotta shout out the lighting supervisor again. Um, Shana Berry? Yes. Okay. Alright, alright. Award winner for Best Indie Short Film from the Hollywood Gold Awards. <laughs> Award winner for Best Super Short Film for the Hollywood Gold Awards. And, I mean, I just, I can't wait to get to get to say award winner for fucking Can Short. John, this is <laughs> really, really an this is amazing. What you've done is amazing. Thank you. This fucking hit me. This hit me. It hit me beautifully. Yeah. Beautifully. I was so yeah, dude. I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing fucking like revivalist preacher hands, dude. This 
this is this is something um i know i know you do have to drive back up to the up we're at about an hour 24 and i do want to talk a little bit about this but do you, what do you think do you got time you want to keep going i am here until i'm not Fucking let's a. just run with give it me your, <laughs> give me your do you have any final thoughts anything else that you want to say about perhaps we wrong them Right, we'll do it at the end, but do tell people how they can go see this if you're doing websites to spell them out for them. Yeah, of course. Um, so the film, the film is accessible and viewable, um, and it was always is always meant to be a free to access uh, watchable film. Um, and the same thing with the Iron Town, of course. But yeah, both films are viewable at the yonder dot studio, and um, or I believe it's like vimeo.com slash yndr slash. If you follow the links, wrong them. Yeah. To the to the first one, you get you can just follow it to your your Vimeo. Yeah, yeah. Page. Like everything is linked on the studio's Instagram or through the Yonder Dot Studio. Is so. that? Do you have like a link tree in your bio? Yes. Or, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. Everything's clickable and cool. all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll do your we'll do your socials at the end too. <laughs> all right. Um. So you did another. You shot another. Uh, another thing that I watched. Shot another thing that I watched. He did indeed. But maybe it was the brandy. Maybe it was the fact that I haven't seen John in ages, and I'm just a Gabby fella by nature but this episode went really really long so uh what i'm doing here is i'm gonna chop this one in half uh drop this here for you and then uh in the next day or so you'll get part two of this fantastic interview with john shibe in which we discuss his really really cool documentary uh the iron town so stay tuned for that thank you all for listening and talk to you next time